It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six to time. It is a Wednesday. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Yes, we'll talk briefly, unless you wanted to go into more detail about the State of the Union address, which is just, again, this president that we have is low-hanging fruit to a guy like me. This is going to be so easy. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Before, though, I get into the State of the Union, which I'm going to do just a second here. I want you to hear something I captured just before I got on air. So with platforms like Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and so on and so on, people are able to express their opinions all over. and they will video record themselves doing so on their phones so you can actually see it happening. So there's the propaganda that you get about so many things, whether it's the economy or, you know, I always pick on wind and solar and electric vehicles and so many other things that you're told by those in government and those in the media. And then there's what people in the general public have to say, their real life experiences which is part of what I'm going to get into with the whole State of the Union address here. This is a guy. He bought an electric Humvee, all-electric Humvee. He and his wife pulled up to a charging station, and here's what happened. Just increased our range to 98 miles after waiting around for 45 minutes, but the real question, how much did it cost? I am actually in shock right now. We just sat here for 41 minutes. It cost me $19.80 and we added an additional 64 miles for $20. It is more expensive to charge an EV, plus we had to sit here for 41 minutes. It's a scam. The whole thing is a scam. Yeah, and then we get into how toxic and so on these things are, so you get the idea. I like using what people are actually experiencing. Forget the propaganda of your news media and the politicians and so on. What are people actually going through out there? And, I, you know, polls are garbage, too. That's one of the reasons I like just surfing around on social media to find out what are people actually experiencing, not what people's opinions are, because I hear all sorts of different varying opinions. What did you experience with whatever it is you were doing? That's why when the president last night was talking about the economy, I'm listening to it thinking, what country is he talking about when it comes to the economy? Because what he's talking about and what Americans are experiencing, completely different things. Now, a few things to pick on that are really easy. When he talks about jobs, again, we lost a bunch of jobs because your government shut down a perfectly functioning economy. Now, a lot of those jobs came back, but still... 
the unemployment rate is not where they're telling you. This is like the Obama years. They did the same thing. If you don't count certain people, the unemployment rate looks really good. But when you count everybody, you find out the unemployment rate is actually really high. You got to look at the U6 index, which is the workforce participation rate, which the president did not want to include. The president last night was shouted down by Republicans who were screaming at him, calling him a liar. Because though the president wants to end Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, and no, they screamed a liar. Here's the deal with that. When Social Security was originally brought forward by the government, this is typical of government programs and how they get out of control. Originally, Social Security was a voluntary program. If you wanted to join, you could. And a portion of your paycheck would be put aside. And it was essentially an insurance program, a government insurance policy. You didn't have to draw Social Security when you retired. If you were good with your money, you put money aside, you were doing fine financially. So you retire and you have all this money to live on, you'll be fine, right? You don't need your Social Security. But what about those people who are not able to save that much for whatever reason or something catastrophic happened to their finances for whatever reason? What about those people? They could draw on their Social Security insurance and it would provide enough so they can get a basic place to live. They could keep food on the table, pay their electric bill, you know, stuff like that. That was the original design of Social Security. Then it became a program that we all have to participate in, whether we like it or not. We're all going to participate in it. And we're all supposed to draw from it. Okay, then they started including people, and it, there's always a debate. There are those who say, well, Social Security is not an entitlement. I paid into it. What about those people who are collecting Social Security who didn't pay into it? What about those people who partially paid into Social Security, but they're still going to get all of it? See, now we're paying people all sorts of benefits, and they've never paid all of it or even any of it but they're still getting all of these benefits. That's not sustainable. And Congress has borrowed heavily from Social Security, so there's a bunch of IOUs sitting in there. This thing is gonna collapse. Same thing with Medicaid and Medicare. And you have a government that's massively in debt. Oh, there's another one. See, so Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid have to be reformed. If we wanna keep it, we have to reform it. And yes, there's a lot of people that are on those programs that are gonna end up losing their benefit, well, benefits that they never paid into. And that's what Democrats don't want, but look, you didn't pay into the program, so you don't get anything out of it. That's got to be reformed. But okay, let's move on because, well, I, there's a long list here. So let me just run down the list. five, huh? Let's see, fact check. Uh, oh, your take-home pay is up, the Biden uh, president said. No, your take-home pay is not up. That was a lie. Biden claims credit for a manufacturing boom. No, there's not a manufacturing boom. Oh, the president also claims that there's all sorts of jobs um, 
that he's going to create through the federal government. You know, he talked about batteries and wind energy and et cetera, et cetera. It is not the role of the government to get involved in all of this. Government is not supposed to be telling you that this is the kind of energy the nation will be using. Government is not supposed to be telling you what kind of vehicle you're supposed to drive. Government is not supposed to be telling you that you can't have a gas stove in your house. If that's what you want, then that's what you go ahead and get. It was a whole long list of government is going to manage the economy. Government is going to manage your home. Government is also going to take care of your food supply, your health care. And to make sure you never have a bad weather day, government will go ahead and control the weather for you. That way we never have to suffer through hurricanes and tornadoes and stuff like that. They will control the weather. He also made claims about inflation that weren't true. The list goes on and on and on. This is why I have such a hard time listening to State of the Union addresses. So, you know, I don't. I, I really don't. I just go to bed and I ignore it. Then I get up the next morning and I start fishing through, uh, looking at bits and pieces of it, just so I can get the gist of what I want to talk about with you guys. It really is a big uh, difference between what people on Biden's side of the argument want and what people like, well, like what I want and maybe what you want. And that is who's really going to be in charge of all of this. So I wrote something this morning, which I'll read next. It's a Wyoming response to the State of the Union address. It's a response from a more liberty-limited government-minded person. If you really want to fix what's wrong, I'll talk about that next. 616 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Coming up next time, if Wyoming from boring morning radio, that man is Glenn Woods. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Six nineteen's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, so... Again, State of the Union address last night. I could spend a lot of time on it, but instead I decided just to take a completely different tack. Because the gist of what I heard from the president was government is going to take care of this. Government is going to take care of that. Government is going to take care of the other thing. Bigger government, more spending. more. And he keeps talking about investing in. Government's not supposed to be investing in all of these things. Government's role in this country is supposed to be very limited. So the idea of, well, we need to do more, we need to spend more, and government's responsible for a recovering economy, and government is not responsible for an economy that's not recovering. And by the way, government caused the problem in the first place. So here's what I wrote this morning as I was thinking about it. And this is on the Wake Up Wyoming website. It's a Wyoming response to Biden's State of the Union. Now, again, I could spend this entire time on the air this morning just going through every little thing. Like, for example, no unemployment is not low, not when you actually count everybody. And that includes people who are have dropped out or on the government dole. Go, unemployment's actually really high right now. You're not being given the full numbers. No, the president did not lower the deficit or debt. He massively increased it. And to be fair, Republicans are no better at it. 
We have a manufacturing and energy problem that did not exist a couple of years ago. Blame big government for that. Well, we could be. In fact, for a while, we were even an exporter of energy. We were completely energy self-sufficient and an exporter. We're the opposite of all that right now. The list goes on. Instead, let's look at government's role, what it's supposed to be. Because there's a big difference in how Biden and his fellow Democrats see America and what America was designed to be. So in the president's 2023 State of the Union address, he spent a lot of time on what government wants to do for all of us. Basically, the overview of that is government wants to tell us where our energy is going to come from. Government wants to tell us what type of car we are going to drive. Government will provide health care for us. Government, you're not, no, you can't select your own health care. Who's going to give it to you? What kind of health care you're going to get? Government will go ahead and manage all of that. Government will direct the economy on what its whims are and not what the free market wants to do or what your desires are, what you want to purchase or what you don't want to purchase. Government will even tell you what sort of stove you can have in your house and what you can't have in your house. Government will tell you what sort of house to live in, what sort of where you will live. Will tell you what to eat, what you're supposed to be eating, what you're not supposed to eat. Bugs, by the way. Oh, yeah, let's get everybody eating bugs, but let's move on. <clears throat> government will even fix whether you will ever have to live through another nasty weather day by promising to fix the weather for you. That's that whole cult of climate change things. Yeah, every time there's a bad weather event, don't worry. You give government more power over you and more money, and they will fix the weather so another tornado never happens. Problem is, none of that is actually the role of government. America was designed to be something completely different, something that's really never happened before in human history. It has, but to a lesser extent, not like America originally was, a nation of truly free people. So for better or worse, you choose your path in life. You write the script of your life and you go and make that happen. And hopefully you're making good choices here. Go as far as you can go. Be as great as you can be. Government is here to protect that freedom. They have just a few other jobs beyond that. So this is where we have military to protect our borders. Police to take care of the rapists and murderers and thieves and so on, right? Uh, courts will settle our disputes, and if somebody is behaving badly from an individual to a business, whatever, courts take care of that. We have laws in place to make sure that people are doing it honestly, and if somebody's being dishonest, government takes care of that. And that we can go ahead and let them build some roads and bridges and so on, but not a whole lot else. Government is not here to tell us what to do. Government is not here to provide for us. The reason that we do not let government take charge of all of these things has to do with corruption and incompetence. And it's not just corruption and incompetence of the U.S. government, but throughout world history, throughout the history of the human race, we have seen corruption and incompetence in government. And America was designed to limit that as much as possible. It's always going to exist, but we can limit it as much as possible by giving government a very limited role. Okay, so in the history of mankind, government rule has never worked. 
and never ended very well for people who lived under it. Being a free people comes with a lot of responsibility and maturity. We lose when we allow the nanny state to take over our lives. Wyoming, while not perfect, is one of the freest states that there is. Folks here, I find, for the most part, are fiercely independent. Here comes our problem, though. In Wyoming, like all other states, we're fighting to push back against the negative influence that's coming out of the massive and out-of-control federal government. Trying to keep the nanny state out. In talking to not just our governor, but other such people in and around government about their fight with the federal government, it becomes really clear that the federal government would like to have more control, far more control over Wyoming than you've ever even imagined, of our schools, of our energy supply, of our economy, of our land, et cetera, et cetera. We're trying to keep our freedoms and liberties from the constant attack of the Biden administration, the Democrats, and out-of-control federal bureaucracy. That last one, as far as I'm concerned, is the biggest. You can complain about Biden. You can complain about the Democrat Party. It's the out-of-control federal bureaucracy, in my opinion. That's our biggest problem. So for Wyoming, my, as far as I'm concerned, the takeaway from the President's State of the Union address is that we need to elect people who understand, as Ronald Reagan said, government is the problem, not the solution. They're the ones, remember, we had the strongest economy in over 50 years. Things were great until government shut it down. And now we're in this position. Morning, Jim. Uh, Okay, your answer to your question is maybe. I've been watching that too. Jim wants to go flying this weekend. I've been watching that, too. That is a big maybe at this point. We'll see. We're still a few days out. Right now, it's on the edge of it could be great flying weather this weekend, or it might not be. It's on the edge. I'm going to remain hopefully optimistic, okay, Jim? But we'll see. I'm using the Windy app and scrolling over into Saturday, and it's not so much how much wind is out there. It's the gust factor, but... We'll see. I hope Saturday calms down for us, or maybe Sunday, and we can go ahead and get up and out of there. All right, now I do have a whole list of other topics to talk about. I got a little bit more in the State of Union address, and we go on to other things. But if at any point anybody who actually watched the thing wants to drag us back to the State of Union address or what the proper role of government is, that's fine by me. Yeah. Uh, Rianne for Ford Danger. Who's buying into any of this anymore? Well, you would actually be surprised at the number of people who still buy into all of what government is trying to sell. It blows my mind the number of people who buy into and have wishful thinking and want government to take care of so much more. When they, in, As I've watched government uh, through my life, I've noticed government doing what it always does and has always done throughout history. Government has always been incompetent and corrupt. And that continues to this day. That's the problem that we see out of Washington, D.C. Our founding fathers solved that problem as best they could, as best has ever been done, by limiting government's power so much so that really government was responsible for very little. That way, if you were having problems in your life, well... 
there's only one person that you should look to, and that would be yourself. You can go ahead and get help from friends and family in your community, but you're not going to have a bunch of incompetent, corrupt idiots making your life miserable. That would be government. Instead, the incompetent idiots making your life miserable probably would be your family, but that's a whole other story. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Radio. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Okay, hang on, I gotta answer someone real quick here. I was born in... Okay, I always got a note from New Jersey and I was letting them know. Actually, New Jersey is where I was born. So, Al from Hillsborough, New Jersey. Best talk on government. Thanks, Al from Hillsborough, New Jersey. And see, ran from Fort Danger. Don't worry, Glenn. Give your government more money, and they will fix windy weather so you can go flying. <laughs> True. Uh, Cyberpokers in Laramie. At least he is Biden moving on. Uh, complete uh, for fast food workers. Oh yeah, he's yeah he's trying to help fast food workers out there. Yeah, that's going to go well for them. The more he tries to help, you ever notice the more government tries to help, the worse something gets. The more they try to fix healthcare, the worse healthcare gets. For example, all right, here's a couple of things I also noticed, takeaways from last night. Biden said illegal immigration is down. No, I'm pausing because there's people yelling at the radio and also people laughing right now. Yeah, illegal immigration is not down. Unemployment is not down. The deficit is not down. Okay, so the crap he tried to sell yesterday. Also, this one. Biden actually said the U.S. will need oil for maybe another decade. And that's about it. Let me see if I can actually play it. Because the the Republicans laughed at that. Let's see if this works if I go ahead and try to play it. Can drinking water. Yeah, hang on. They always got to throw an ad out in front of it. This is just straight off of a... uh, a YouTube link here. Here we go. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade, and that's going to exceed <laughs> and beyond that. We're going to need it. So Production. <laughs> if they had, in fact, invested in the production to keep gas prices down, instead, they used the record profits to buy back their own stock. Okay, and that's the CEOs and garbage too. But all right, that's corporations. Uh, yeah, so much of what he's saying here is garbage. But I love the idea of well, we're going to lean and need oil for at least another decade. Oh my God! So for those people, when they think of oil, they only think of gasoline in their car or diesel or jet fuel. Okay, what about everything else we use oil for? These people have no idea. Even if you were able to go to an alternative source of energy to power your automobile, as I pointed out before, you cannot build your electric vehicle without a lot of petroleum. It doesn't work. That's why when an electric vehicle is introduced into the marketplace, it's carbon footprint. That's what you're worried about, CO2. It's not a pollutant, by the way. 
But you, you take a look at the carbon footprint, if that's what you're worried about. It's massive for an electric vehicle. You would have been better off just buying a small car. So we'll, we'll just, we're, we will need oil for at least the ten, next 10 years. That's why the Republicans laugh so hard. I wonder how many people really know because they haven't been taught. And I'm not calling these people stupid. I'm just saying they were never shown how many things we actually use petroleum for. And that includes food. You know, we, we take a look at not just diesel-powered machines for tractors and so on herbicides, pesticides, and so many other things that we use in our production of food at every level, not just to grow it or raise it, but in the processing, in the delivery of it. Get into the medical industry. Go ask people at a hospital. Go ask a doctor in the doctor's office how many products at the hospital and at the doctor's office, and not just the machines, but the medications that we have are petroleum-based. Yeah, the list goes on and on and on of what we use petroleum products for. And I could literally, I have spent a little bit of time on air reading the list of petroleum products. I could spend the next four hours, it's a four-hour program, the entire four hours reading off things that we use petroleum for that are life-sustaining on this planet. And if we stopped using it overnight, even within the next 10 years or so, how many people would die? Because we use petroleum products for so many things that keep modern human civilization alive. Now, if you want to go back to the time before petroleum products, then go ahead and take a look at how things were in the Dark Ages, for example. Go back to the time when human life expectancy was about 45 years old. If someone lived past 45, if somebody lived to be 50, they were really old. Wow, he's 50. Dear Lord, he's like ancient. Today, people are living into their late 70s. I know I know quite a few people, personally, who are in their mid-80s, and they are strong and smart and active. And a lot of that has to do with modern society and the use of petroleum products. You'd be surprised if you'd never looked into it. 642 Wake Up Wyoming. A very good Wednesday. Where Wyoming comes to talk. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. Six forty-nine is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box where Frank Gambino's waiting by. So, Frank, I came across a list. Another one. Another one. Yeah. Uh, women so often think that they know what we're thinking as guys. Well, that's yeah because they do. That's what they do. Yeah. Well, that is not what they do. Yeah. They do, or they think they do. They yeah. They think they know. So someone wrote a list of what he was thinking about because his girlfriend kept telling him what he was thinking. And he thought, well, first off, I was thinking if I could do a pull-up on that rafter right now. Okay. Then I started thinking about nachos. Huh? Huh? Wouldn't that be good right about now? Nachos. Nachos? Okay. Okay. I bet I could beat everybody here in the foot race. I know, Frank, that I can. And then I like this one. Wall, couch, door, hands, lamp. Basically, <laughs> whatever he's looking at. Right. Okay. Okay, that, that, that I'll buy, yeah. Okay. How many Highlander movies did they end up making? Too many. Yeah. Where is the best cover in case I had to draw my weapon on an evil commie right now? 
your couch. Yeah, you see? Well, and for you in the studio there, at least you got a heavy door, and well, you could shoot through the glass there, just break the glass. Yeah, and, and I can get under the table, too. You could, see? Yeah. Guys think about stuff like that. Oh, my back is in pain. And when you get older, that starts to happen. I bet my life would be different if my name were Boaz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, these are the kinds of things that guys are sitting around thinking all day long. Have you seen, you probably have, those memes where there's a woman laying in bed next to her husband. I bet he's thinking about other women. Yeah, I saw, yeah. And this shows what he's really thinking. Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, like, Ladies, that's the truth. Yeah. All righty then. Men's college basketball tonight. The Wyoming Cowboys will host UNLV at the AA in Laramie. It's been a rough season for the Pokes, sitting at 2-8 and eight in Mountain West play and 7-15 and 15 overall. And the injuries keep piling up. This time it's Noah Reynolds, the team's leading scorer, who will miss the rest of the season after suffering a concussion on Saturday night's loss to San Jose State. That's Reynolds' third head injury in the last six months, so enough is enough. Reynolds has been averaging 15 points a game, so UW will play the hand that is dealt to them. And UNLV comes into tonight's game with a record of 15-8 and eight overall. We're all four and seven in league play. That's an 8.30 p.m. start tonight from Laramie. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. Wyoming Cowgirls with a home game tomorrow in Laramie hosting Utah State. The Cowgirls are coming off a tough three-point loss to Colorado State over the weekend, so they're 15 and eight overall, eight and four in Mountain West play. That's a 6.30 start tomorrow from Laramie. In junior college basketball, the Casper College teams will be in Cheyenne tonight to meet L Triple C. At the Story Gym, the Casper College women moved up to number 17 in the national poll at 21 and three on the year. The L Triple C women lost to Western Nebraska on Monday. They sit at 16 and 7. The Casper men are 18 and 5, and the L Triple C men beat Western Nebraska on Monday, 77-59. So they are 13 and 8 on the year. That's a 5:30 and 7:30 start tonight over at Story. And girls high school basketball from last night. Cody is 14 and 0 after a 63-36 win over Natrona. The Burns girls nipped Linglefort Laramie 39-37. On the boys' side, Cody beat Natrona 65-50. And Lingle over Burns 60 to 51. High school wrestling from last night. Kelly Walsh over Laramie in a duel 51 30. The Trojans will meet the Trojans in the annual Miller Cup tomorrow. Cheyenne Central beat Cheyenne South 54 21. Central meets East tomorrow in a duel. And girls indoor track from over the weekend in Gillette. Sydney Morrell of Cheyenne Central won the 400 and 1600 meter runs. Talia Morris of Cheyenne East played place first in the 55 meter dash. The Trojans Ella Spear captured the 200. And Cheyenne Central's Brinkley Lewis won the pole vault. Coming up on Sunday at Super Bowl 57. Kansas City will take on Philadelphia in Arizona. The game marks the first time two brothers will face each other on the field. Travis Kelsey is a big-time tight end for Kansas City, and his brother Jason is an offensive lineman for the Eagles. The Harbaugh brothers, John and Jim, met as head coaches in Super Bowl 47 as Baltimore beat San Francisco that year, 34-231. Yeah, you have to help me on this one, because I don't know anything about football, sorry. Is there any opportunity for the brothers to be facing each other directly? No, is they both play on offense. Okay, good. All right, that explains. So, that. but 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 they 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 had some pretty hysterical things to say, you know, um, during that media day. Yeah. Something like, well, their mom, you know, who 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 wears jerseys of the, of two colors, <laughs> you know, says, well, mom's going to be okay because she's guaranteed a win out of this. Deal. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, in <laughs> fact, mom should. Yeah, she should take two jerseys, split them down. That's the what she does. She does sew them back together. That's what mom's she does. Great. I like mom. I approve of mom in this one over here. All right, this ought to be really interesting. Now, next hour, you get to think about it. I'm going to start asking you about your predictions, which I'll do again on Friday because you have time to change your mind. Yes, and I, I, I do that frequently. Okay, we'll talk about it next hour. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Right after local business, there's news time. National local update on your weather forecast. Then I got, this is good, Doug and Cheyenne. 
answered Biden on saying, well, we need oil for about the next 10 years or so. Oh, great answer, Doug. I have that coming up next hour, right after news and weather. Wake up, Wyoming. I'm Martin Hope. Six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. So last night, during his State of the Union address, the president talked about police reform. Exactly what does that look like? How does the federal government play into that? Federal police reform. All right, well, so on the line with me, Dr. Curie Myers, criminologist, and she has a long resume, sheriff, PhD, MBA, 35 years professional experience in law enforcement, and with us through uh, the Americans for Prosperity organization we have on this program on a regular basis. So I figured when it came, Dr. Myers, to criminology, someone like you would be the expert to talk about rather than our president who usually doesn't know who he, what he's talking about. Is that, is that fair? Is that accurate? <laughs> That's, uh, that's pretty accurate. Uh, how you doing? It's a pleasure to be on your Very show. Very good. Thanks, Thanks so for coming on this morning. When the president talks about criminal justice reform and police reform, what is he talking about from a federal level? I, I believe this particular president, um, if you can understand him, which sometimes is difficult, is that um, the progressives desire to control police ultimately. Um, and I don't think they would be happy until they they can control poli- all police in some manner. And the best way to do that is to do things at the federal level that control money, purse, spring, uh, purse strings, um, certain types of regulations and requirements. And I just don't think the founding fathers ever anticipated um, a national police force or um, think these things are best done local on a state level. I'm a firm believer in the principles of federalism, that you know the states are the great incubators for thought and ideas. Um, Jefferson opined about that often. And, um, and, and to me, um, not only was the address uh, um, angry and divisive and confusing in general, but on the CJ public policy that he was d- discussing, um, to me, he, he, he fomented that really police are dangerous and then went to the typical race baiting. Hmm. Um, so there are opportunities for improvement in law enforcement, and I write about these often. But um, but in my opinion, they're way off on any kind of successes that could be done. And putting Biden aside for a moment, because I look at the people that are around him, around the president, the ones who are really getting things done, he's basically an inept mouthpiece for them is, is the way I see it. I don't think I'm overstating that. But this is the same people who around the country are trying to defund the police or tie the hands of the police, would rather in some cases just get rid of the police altogether and put something else in place there. And where I see them trying these reforms, it obviously isn't working. In fact, I came up with an article yesterday. The city of San Francisco Citizens in in that city of all places, citizens are filing for concealed carry permits because they don't have the police to take care of them at home. They're running out of police in San Francisco because of defund the police movement. So I worry about the president 
doing this on a national level and, and let me just add to this before you answer also police are really i think officers on the force across america just getting demoralized because of all of this and looking for some other kind of profession i would hate for the federal government to take over local police oh it would be catastrophic and we're already seeing some signs of that to your point um policing is best done at the local level and this is the the reason i mean i'm a former sheriff but american law enforcement is unique um to the world we have a system of checks and balances and we're one of the few countries that actually has um, positions that are elected to represent us on on public pace uh, public policy public um, criminal justice public policy as well as enforcing the law and that's the american sheriff <clears throat> and the sheriff plays a vital role in ensuring not only i think a lot of people think well that person's just running a, a, a sheriff's department when in reality He's really representing, he or she is representing the people when it comes to criminal justice, public policy there at the local level. And you have input with them. So um, these things are, are done uh, best local. And if, if the federal government thinks they're so good at it, then why do we have issues with DHS? We've had issues with FBI to include potential violations of the First Amendment, Second Amendment, Fourth Amendment on search and seizure, Fifth Amendment on due process. We have Sixth Amendment issues on speedy trial. Um, if you look like at the January 6th um, um, uh, suspects, um, we've had eight, uh, Eighth Amendment, you know, on, on excessive bail and unusual punishment. And then finally, the, the federal government in general under this administration and some in the past have, have violated the Tenth Amendment, which is the, the separation of, of powers um, act. So if we have a federal government that's already violating many constitutional rights of the people then you know what form of of uh you know can we actually disagree with our government and this and when you can control the police that's that's effectively how you can do it i i i really think we're treading in in new waters where we're kind of in a postmodern marxist um part of 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 our nation's history right now and it's disturbing right well in fact government originally in america was designed to be more powerful at the local level i would much rather have someone like you as my sheriff because you have to live in the community and so you're part of us and if i don't like the job that you're doing then i can vote to fire you next time around if this is handled bureaucratically at the federal level then the person who's in charge of my community probably doesn't even live here yeah, I mean, who are you going to call if everything gets ultimately absorbed into DHS? And I, and I, and this is nothing against special agents and staff that work hard every day. It's not if this isn't finger pointed in individuals. But the when when the DHS was formed, I probably think the founding fathers would would be turning in their grave because that was a pretty significant step in the nationalization of police. Um, and it's a leviathan now. So if you have a, a problem with DHS, who do you call? Do you just pick up the phone and call with, with some sort of complaint? And, and who does it go to? Um, and so local law enforcement and, and sheriffs um, and even state polices have those kinds of forum. And, uh, it, it, and there are opportunities for improvement. Um, we need to focus on violent offenders. Um, I'm a big believer in evidence-based policing, and the evidence shows that about 70% of 
of violent offenders will reoffend within three to five years after they get out. It goes up to 80% if you're under, if you're under the age of uh, 25. Um, so, you know, we should focus a lot of attention and efforts on recidivism. Um, and, and then we also have to be very careful about what prosecutors have done with bail. There's nothing wrong with good bail reform, but, but it's been a, a step too far where we've had prosecutors actually not enforce sections of the criminal code and have let people out on, on no cash bail. Um, and these people are reoffending. So that's to your point in San Francisco, you have violent offenders committing crime because of the recidivism rate. And then when they get out and they commit crime, they're not being held accountable and not mm-hmm. being arrested and put back into jail. Right. And, and Maslow's theory is alive and well. You know, people, the first thing they're going to do is it's about their, their own personal safety. Um, and, and so they're going to try to, you know, um, and figure it out on their own if, if no one's there to protect them. Well, and for that matter, what good does it do? And I see this in cities across America. When someone gets arrested for especially something violent, and they're out within 24 hours or so, they're back on the street again, which must make the police officer wonder, why am I even doing this? Well, they are doing that, and police officers are are asking that very question, which makes it difficult. It's, it's like, what do you want us to do if we're if we're arresting people and they're let back out? Um, I you know I can guarantee you over a while they just start saying what's the point? And then the Ferguson effect is alive and well, and the Fer- Ferguson effect is is, is with re- reference to the Ferguson riots in Missouri, um, where law enforcement if they are constantly um, being focused on in a negative way, the the psyche of the officer gets affected, and ultimately they won't do any proactive work. They're just going to respond to nine one one calls um, and not and not be too aggressive in enforcing the laws. And aggressive, I mean, in a good way, not in a physical way, um, and and going after offenders. And then you're going to have crime spikes like we're like we're having. So we 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 have seen significant increases in violent crime in just in the last few years. And now we're starting to see significant increases in property crime because the same offenders are out when they're not doing violent crime. They're stealing, and 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 uh, car thefts are up like 42% across the country. In Philadelphia, they're up 400%, um, and carjackings are up. Uh, so we have all these things that are going on, and then we have progressives again that they're they're wanting to defund and they've they've defund police or they've cut police funding throughout the United States, which affects training and affects recruitment, it affects hiring. But when they do want to fund, they want to fund fund it through fines, fees and forfeitures. And I make the argument if you're going to have a police agency, uh, law enforcement is a core government service. It should be funded through general funds and there it shouldn't be supplanted through fines, fees and forfeitures. And we see this all the time in big more progressive cities. You take a look at Chicago, for instance, that has um, cameras, speed cameras throughout the city, um, and and it has nothing to do with law enforcement or reducing traffic accidents. It all has to do with revenue, and it's the police department are blamed, but it's put in there by the mayor's office, and it's and and it's, all it is is a form of revenue. And how does that impact community relations? between the police and the community. Well, it, it, it doesn't do a very good job because there have, people are having to pay fines all the time. So, the, you know, if, if we want to correct some things, let's focus on 
accountability and transparency, transparency, especially at the state level. Um, there's nothing wrong with having accreditation programs for police departments, but, but that, again, that should be determined at the state level. It shouldn't be determined at the federal level. And we need to focus, if, if, if anything that the federal government could do, is um, allowing more research to be done on the impact of fatherlessness in America, uh, the impact of violent crime and recidivism rates in America, um, the impact of, of defunding um, police and the, the appropriate ways to fund, and the use of future technologies. Law enforcement is pretty much blind when it comes to the gathering of information and current data. Most crime data is historic, and we need current crime data and key performance indicators in order to direct our valuable police resources uh, directly to high-impact violent crime areas. And that through is done through evidence-based policing. Yeah, and I think you really nailed it near the end of what you were saying when it comes down to the real problem being family and home because there isn't a family. And so in the inner city areas, you have young people don't have a father figure. Mom's not really all that around. And when she is, she's usually, I'm sorry, but drugged out with her friends. So where does the kid go to be raised? Well, he goes and joins the gang. And then we have gang violence, Chicago, for example. Rather than having a strong family structure, it really does come down to a cultural problem, I believe, more than anything else. That's exactly correct. I write about these. I have my own substack drcurrymyers.substack.com that I opine on different things. And one thing I wrote was called The Advent of Feral Man, and it speaks specifically about the wilding of, of the human species just in the recent years. And um, I'm a big believer that the three main reasons we have crime is a lack of faith, a lack of family, and a lack of foundation. And those things together what cause are what causing significant criminal justice issues and, and quite frankly, we're living in times of anarchy, and, and unfortunately, the anarchy is often promoted by um, elected officials. And then if you throw on top of it the mental health crisis that we're having in our country, if you ask most sheriffs across the country, probably 60 to 70 percent of their inmates are on some sort of psychotropic medicines. We did away with mental health facilities starting in the 70s, and we went kind of with a laissez-faire approach to mental health more of a you're okay, I'm okay, let's come out in the community and we all live together as long as you're on your meds. And that's proven to be destructive. So these homeless camps aren't really about being homeless. Um, It's it's more inclined uh, with mental health issues. And we have to address those as well through special mental health courts and things like that. Okay. So where do people follow your work? Um, I'm I'm on Substack at Dr. Curry Myers dot substack dot com and Myers is spelled M Y E R S. Curry is C U R R I E. Okay, find your own substack. Thanks for coming on this morning. I hope we can have you back. This is an interesting conversation and thought process here. I appreciate it. You bet. Anytime. Happy to. Right. Seven twenty one. Wake up, Wyoming. With Glenn Woods on AM ten thirty K two Radio. Join the show at eight 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 ninety seven Woods. Seven twenty-six. The time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Guess we had just a moment ago. Doctor Curry Myers, criminologist, mentioned founding fathers rolling in their graves, and I suddenly remembered. You know, a while back, 
as we were talking about alternate energy sources, I said, forget wind and solar. No, 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 no. The founding fathers rolling in their graves is probably the most reliable source of energy that we have out there. And they're just laying around in their graves waiting for us. We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Ah, hear that? That's the sound of a founding father rolling in his grave. Spinning so fast, you can actually turn one of our massive state-of-the-art turbine generators. That's a lot of energy. Free energy if we could only tap into it. Here at Founding Fathers Electric, we've found how to do just that. Each time a liberal speaks, a founding father spins in his grave. What difference at this point does it make? About 1.21 gigawatts of difference, Hillary. Spinning a turbine that powers America. A State of the Union address alone can keep the Northeast warm and toasty through the harshest polar vortex. One Pelosi quote. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. God for surge protectors. Since Ben Franklin was one of the first to experiment with electricity, he was one of the first we plugged in. Coming online soon on the East Coast, our 600 megawatt Jefferson generator. So close to Washington, D.C., it will be able to power most of the East Coast. Founding Fathers Electric, turning filthy liberal lies into electricity since 1933. Thinking about this, I realize it's great that we have the State of the Union address right in the middle of winter at some of the coldest times. Then all we have to do is plug the Founding Fathers in and uh, they roll in their graves and keep us all warm for the rest of the winter. It's just, I think, the perfect idea. Okay, I said I was going to get to, and I will, but the guests sort of delayed. Doug and Cheyenne had a great idea about permits for refineries and something that Biden said last night about oil that we're only going to be using it, what, for the next 10 years or so, I guess? Okay, I'm going to put those two together. Promise, Doug, that I would, and I'm going to right after the news and information break. So we have local news coming away. After that, update on your weather forecast. Then I'll go ahead and play that for you. We have a Wyoming legislative update from our man in Cheyenne, Doug. Day weather is going to join us. Don't panic. Don Day is out of town. So Mark Cure will be on with me at 745 to discuss the weather over the next couple of days. Wake up, Wyoming. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right. So last night, and I'm using this because Doug and Cheyenne made a suggestion, which I have to follow up on because it was really good. Last night, as the president was lying before the American people, no, I don't mean laying down. I mean, he's a liar. So he made this just idiotic statement, and you'll hear the Republicans laugh. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. Another decade? And that's going to exceed. <laughs> and beyond that. 
We're going to need it. The reason for the laughter is pretty obvious. We're going to need oil for at least another day. Uh, if you think we're going to get rid of crude oil, oh, wait, but that, we're just going to go electric cars. We won't need crude oil. You can't build an electric car without crude oil. You can't build wind and solar farms without crude oil. A lot of crude oil goes into that. Take a look at what's around you. Show me what doesn't involve crude oil. And you might say, well, you know, the wooden desk that's in front of me here. Yeah, and uh, what did they do to produce that? How much crude oil was involved? Yeah, the list goes on and on. You don't have modern society without it. Doug and Cheyenne. So if we started the permit process for a new refinery right now, we would have all the permits done when it's no longer needed, right? And when Doug sent that note to me over the Wake Up Wyoming app there, he texted it to me. I said, oh, wait a minute now. That, I hadn't thought about that. That's good. So the president's saying, well, uh, you know, we'll need crude oil for at least another decade. Oh, just a decade, maybe a little bit longer. So for all those people trying to go through the permitting process, which because of big government takes about a decade, you can extract oil from the ground and you, know, you find oil somewhere. Within a month, they, they've sucking it out of the ground. It doesn't take long. Show up with the rigging, drill the hole, start sucking oil out of the ground. doesn't take long. But get the federal government involved and starts taking over 10 years. Building a refinery. You, you can do that within a year. Get the federal government involved. It takes a decade just to go through the permitting process. So why bother? Because according to the president, within about 10 years, we're not going to be using this stuff anymore. So, right? So everybody that's in the oil industry, according to natural gas and coal, according to what the president said last night, you just better start uh, writing your resumes. You got about 10 years to go. 739. Here's our man in Cheyenne with your Wyoming legislative update. Wake up, Wyoming. But never boring. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-Woods. Seven forty-five is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to day weather. Mark, you are standing by. So, a uh, little complaint here, Mark, to start it all off. We're sorry about this, but Miss Mary, my producer in her office, she's got the coldest office in the building, and she <laughs> was miserable enough as it was. But then here comes a drop in temperature and a little snow, and she just didn't want to hear it. No. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mary. All uh, right. Well, but that's just a little thing passing through, right? I mean, it's not. This is not a big event by any means. No, not at all. It's going to be a little bit of a one-hit wonder for the rest of this week. A uh, nice-looking cold front currently still out to, uh, along the Idaho-Wyoming border. It's going to cruise through the state late today. We're going to be looking at southwest winds through, oh, mid-afternoon or thereabouts, 25 to 35. Then we will be looking at a colder north-northwest wind here, Glenn. Late today, tonight, into Thursday, blustery conditions on Thursday, especially here eastward. And as far as the snowfall goes, well, we're going to see a quick little shot probably after 4 to 6 o'clock here in the Casper area. Later than that, Laramie Valley in southeastern Wyoming. Casper itself, 1 to 3. Casper Mountain, 3 to 6. Laramie Valley, inch or 2. Trace to maybe an inch or 2 southeastern Wyoming. 
Mountain location is going to do best. Wind Rivers and Bazorka is picking up six plus here today and through early Thursday. Possibly as well the Snowies and Sierra Madres. And high pressure builds in for Friday, Saturday, and potentially Sunday as well. Okay, now that's giving people the hope that there might be a nice weekend. Yeah, and you deserve a nice weekend, yeah. Glenn. And uh, you know, I do, yes. But do. now let's talk. I know the temperature's up a bit on, on the weekend with that high pressure system. That's nice. Let's talk wind conditions, though, because a lot of times when things warm up a little bit and the sun comes out, we also have to deal with the wind. So what's the wind like, do you think, across Wyoming Saturday, Sunday? Yeah, um, Saturday, you know, we could be in for a real treat Saturday. Uh, like the breezy winds. 10, maybe 15 miles an hour, no uh, no high wind concerns. And even here in the Casper area where those southwest winds, especially with the temperature change, can really get going. It looks just to be a light to breezy wind day on Saturday. Temperatures generally 40s, lower elevation, still sunshine. Friday, some wind. Sunday, some wind. And Sunday to Mondays when our next cold front uh, is going to move in, Glenn. But uh, really, you know, today, some weather. Yeah. Tonight, some weather. Tomorrow, not that hot. Then Friday and Saturday, uh, might be a good weekend. Okay, and real quick though, I know that you guys are looking at something long term further out, just as far as maybe another weather system. But we're too far out to really talk about it. Uh, specifics, yeah, but stock growers, travelers, those with outdoor interests are going to have to plan on. The threat of accumulating snow potentially several inches or more as we get into probably late Tuesday and especially Wednesday of Thursday and Thursday of next week. Pretty good looking trough, a low pressure, a cold surge, some Pacific moisture and energy. And uh, it's going to look and feel like winter again across much of Wyoming, probably by next Wednesday. All right. Thank you, Mark. Mark, yours with day weather. So, okay, that, that's not bad. We could actually go through a nice weekend. Just keep that in mind. Don't say it too loud. The weather gods will hear it. Off to the icebox we go. So, okay, we get into Super Bowl Sunday. What city is that in? It'll be in, like, outside of Phoenix and Glendale. Okay. Nice big stadium. Okay. Weather so, be decent. Open air? They can do it that way. Is it, I, I, I believe they're actually, I, I think it's actually indoors. It, indoor? And they used okay. to have trays of, like, grass fields okay. that they would bring in on this long, long tray, and you'd have, like, natural grass, like, inside. Oh, wow. Nice. Okay, because what I want to do is take a look at the forecast for Super Bowl, but if they're having it inside, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it, it, it'll be fine, yeah. So, yeah. Philadelphia against Kansas City. Okay, now, at this point, I'll ask you again Friday, your prediction. Philadelphia 27 to 24. Okay, that's close. Yes. I, you know, Philadelphia does have the one former Wyoming Cowboy guy, Marcus Epps, who's been really, really good on defense for the Eagles. So that's our, that's Wyoming's connection to the game. Probably there's more that you have to dig, but yeah. we'll, we'll go with that. But there's that one guy. One guy. Okay, so Wyoming knows who to root for. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna use that as um, your yeah. barometer, then right. you take Philadelphia. Maybe you're a secret Kansas City fan. No, shh. Okay. Maybe you, you vote for the you root for. The, so where is this Wyoming guy positioned? He plays in the he's in the defensive secondary for for the Eagles. He's been really really good. Starts. He walked on at Wyoming. Okay. Which means that when you walk on, you don't you don't have a scholarship. Right. <laughs> 
they kind of get so okay, you know, here's some yeah. shoes and you can eat with us and work out with us, but we're not going to give you a scholarship at least right away. Okay, I mean, you got to see how you do. And he did well enough that he played he through. May, he's, gonna, he's playing in the Super Bowl. And now he's in the, And this is not his first Super Bowl, I think you said, right? For him it is, yeah. Oh, for him it is. Okay, yeah. it was the other guy that wasn't the first one. One of these guys you were talked about from Wyoming had been in more than one Super Bowl, or, or at least one before. Right, well, Logan Wilson was in last year's. Ah, I got you, okay. For Cincinnati. Okay. So there's always a Wyoming connection in the, somewhere in, in, along, in, yeah. in the Super Bowl. It's, you got to watch it. You got to watch Men's college basketball tonight. The Wyoming Cowboys will host UNLV at the AA in Laramie. It's been a rough season for the Pokes, sitting at 2-8 and eight in Mountain West Conference play, 7-15 and 15 overall. The injuries keep piling up. This time it's Noah Reynolds, the team's leading scorer, who will miss the rest of the season after suffering a concussion in Saturday night's loss to San Jose State. That's Reynolds' third head injury in the last six months, and enough is enough. Reynolds has been averaging 15 points a game, so UW will play the hand that is dealt to them. And UNLV comes into tonight's game with a record of 15-8 and eight overall, 4-7 and seven in league play. That's an 8.30 start tonight. We'll have it for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KOWB in Laramie. Well, I mean, Cowgirls have a home game tomorrow in Laramie against Utah State. The Cowgirls are coming off a tough three-point loss to Colorado State over the weekend. That's the, So they sit at 15-8 and eight overall, 8-4 eight in Mountain West Conference play. It's a 6.30 start tomorrow. In junior college basketball, the Casper College teams will be in Cheyenne tonight to meet LCCC at the Story Gym. Casper women moved up to number 17 in the national poll at 21-3 on the year. The LCCC women lost to Western Nebraska on Monday, so they're 16-7. The Casper men are 18-5, and the LCCC men beat Western Nebraska on Monday, so they are 13-8. And that is a 5.30 and 7.30 start tonight at the Story Gym. In girls high school basketball from last night, Cody is 14-0 after a 63-36 win over Natrona. The Burns girls nip Lingle Fort Larry 39-37 on the boys side last night. Cody over in the Trona 65-50 and Lingle B. Burns 60-51. High school wrestling from last night. Kelly Walsh will win her over Laramie in a duel 51-30. The Trones will meet in the Trona tomorrow in the annual Miller Cup. Cheyenne Central beat Cheyenne South 54-21. Central will meet East tomorrow in a duel tomorrow. And girls indoor track from over the weekend in Gillette. Sydney Morell of Cheyenne Central won the 400 and 1600 meter runs. Talia Morris of Cheyenne East placed first in the 55 meter dash. The Trona's Ella Spear captured the 200. Cheyenne Central's Brinkley Lewis won the pole ball. And coming up on Sunday at Super Bowl 57 as Kansas City will take on Philadelphia and Arizona. The game marks the first time two brothers will face each other on the field. Travis Kelsey is a big-time tight end for Kansas City, and his brother Jason is an offensive lineman for the Eagles. The Harbaugh brothers, uh, John and Jim, met as head coaches in Super Bowl 47 as Baltimore beat San Francisco that year, 34-31. Glenn, you know, they, they always keep track of you know how much money that they that a 30-second commercial will go for yeah. in the Super Bowl. Try seven million. Oh my lord! This is part of the seven million. Yeah, why? A lot of times you see one commercial has multiple sponsors in it. They're all splitting the cost. Right. I guess um, somebody who the people who are not advertising this year. Yeah. Crypto. (laughs) (laughs) They don't have any money. I guess it would be important to figure out who wasn't able, had advertised in previous years, but wasn't able to. Or, for that matter, didn't think it was worth it. Well, at six or seven million bucks? Yeah. And then that's just to buy the commercial. How about to produce it? Add, add two million to that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Frank. Right. Coming up on I Love Watching the Super Bowl commercials. Now with the internet, with YouTube, I, I don't have to watch the game to catch the commercial. Coming up on some local business, news time, open phones, wake up, Wyoming.
106 of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, a lot to discuss. I will touch on the president again and the State of the Union. I got other things I want to talk about. But it doesn't matter what I want to talk about because I don't just wait till Friday. Every day you get some open phones. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Real quick before I get into what I have lined up for you this hour, I have to play this again. I played it first hour. This is a guy who bought an all-electric Humvee. I've had a few, met a few people who like the Humvee, and they wanted to try the all-electric Humvee. They thought, because Humvees use so much fuel, then why not just go all-electric, right? That would save you money, right? Just increased our range to 98 miles after waiting around for 45 minutes. But the real question, how much did it cost? I am actually in shock right now. We just sat here for 41 minutes. It cost me $19.80, and we added an additional 64 miles for $20. It is more expensive to charge an EV, plus we had to sit here for 41 minutes. It's a scam. The whole thing is a scam. Yeah, it is. You're not only saving money, you are by no means saving the environment. Worse than that. So, okay. Let's get back real quick. I'm going to take a look at uh, what your Senator Cynthia Lummis for the state of Wyoming had to say about the State of Union last night. And I went through it earlier. Now, if you missed the opening when I went through the State of the Union first hour of the program, no, you didn't miss it. This program becomes a podcast when I get off the air. Go to your Wake Up Wyoming app, and when you open up the app, it's free to download. There's a toolbar that runs across the middle of the app. You'll see it there. Touch on demand. Select the episode you want. You can listen whenever you want. Pause it. Back it up. Share it. Whatever you want to do. All right. President Biden, State of the Union address. Wyoming Senator Cynthia Lummis was watching the address and uh, driving her nuts in his speech Biden um, reiterated something he's been tweeting quite frequently. Biden tweeted, and by the way, Biden doesn't tweet anything. President Trump tweeted to the point that I bet his staff wanted to rip that phone out of his hand. Drove them nuts how he tweeted all the time. Biden doesn't tweet. His staff does. So you've never really heard anything from President Biden in one of Biden's tweets. But anyway, Biden tweet said, as I address Congress tonight, we have created a record 12 million new jobs. That's more jobs created in two years than any president has ever done in four years. Okay, well, then here comes Senator Lummis. Quote, it's bold to take credit for jobs that are simply post-COVID bounce back, Senator Lummis wrote. Millions of jobs are still open and small business owners and families across Wyoming still struggling. And then she continued on, hey, President Biden, I have an idea that would create jobs. Stop your war on oil and unleash American energy. Yeah, good. Well, and I also have a statement from Senator Brasso here as he talked about. I might play that. But now here's the deal on jobs. First off, 
Yeah, it's true. Most of the jobs that are back are, we lost them because government shut down the economy for COVID. And now a lot of those jobs are back, but not all of them. But still, the unemployment number is false because it doesn't take into account all of the people who should be working. If I left this job or was fired today and government didn't know about it because I didn't file for unemployment, let's say, then I'm not counted. And if I decided to live off the government dole and I never went looking for a job or I found a way to mooch off of family and friends and I never went looking for a job, I wouldn't be counted as unemployment in the unemployment numbers. So the numbers are really false until you take a look at what's called the U6 index, which is the workforce participation rate. When you take a look at that, you find out we have an unemployment problem. Big time unemployment problem. And we also have he, the president tried to say, and well, you know, we're doing better on inflation. No, we're not. Cost of living is really hurting people. He tried to cr- take credit for a lot of things that he just simply cannot take credit for. I reduced the deficit. No, he didn't. It's higher than ever before. And I still love the statement he made at one point. Well, we're going to need, you know, oil for at least the next 10 years. If you think we're only going to need oil for 10 years and then we're pretty much done with it, then you have no idea what we do with crude oil. Let's see what Senator Barrasso had to say. Families all across Wyoming have had enough of President Biden's blame game. Tonight, we heard this president brag and boast about a record that is failing the hardworking men and women of our state. This president is causing crisis after crisis. Yet President Biden didn't talk about these crises tonight. He ignored the pain and suffering of families across the nation. President Biden wants Americans to forget that his out-of-touch policies pushed prices to a 40-year high, crushed Wyoming energy production, and caused the worst border crisis in our nation's history. Instead, he read empty words off of a teleprompter when struggling families need real solutions. Unlike Joe Biden and the Democrats, Senate Republicans are focused on fighting for Wyoming families and for every American. We're working to stop his reckless spending, make life more affordable, unleash Wyoming energy, and secure the border. Okay, so Senator Barrasso for you with his response. The only real way to do all of this is it's just simple. Get government out of the way. That's it. Just get government out of the way. That's all you have to do. Reduce the size of government. Get regulations out of the way. And oftentimes when I say this, people will jump up. You can't have no regulations and no rules. I never said that. Reduce them to something reasonable, get out of the way, and watch the economy surge forward. Ronald Reagan did it. Donald Trump did it. Going back even further, even John F. Kennedy did it. And it works every time it's tried. Uh, Shane and KC. Morning, Shane. Shane and KC writes to me, Joe Biden delivers the State of the Union uh, tonight, he did last night, by sleight of mouth. Old Joe tried to make reality hidden and highlighted uh, continued claims of strong leadership and national prosperity. In spite of the facts, aside from the elite globalist politicians, politicians, no one believes anything, he claimed. And and he goes on to, boy, that's quite a long... You understand the problems, Shane. He goes on through all of the problems brought on by this president and the people surrounding this president. And that includes things he ignored, like the border. 
and calls that we got earlier this week about the fentanyl problem crossing the border, which hasn't been addressed either. Michelle is in Greeley. How do newly self-employed count in the unemployed numbers? Hmm, that's a good question. That's a, that's one worth looking up. I know the un, Michelle, the unemployment numbers are done a couple of ways. They take a look at who's on unemployment. That's part of it. But what about people that are just off the radar screen of government when it comes to unemployment numbers? Well, that they estimate by doing surveys. They basically like taking a poll. You, your phone might ring. It might be someone from the government, and they might ask you about your employment situation. Are you self-employed? Or do you work for somebody else, et cetera, et cetera? And based on the surveys, plus who is filing for unemployment and collecting unemployment, that's what they decide what the unemployment number is, which is why I say that number is a false number. You have to really take a good look at who's in the workforce privately. For example, Michelle, let's say you say uh, self-employed, right? Let's say you're at home and you've started some kind of an internet-based business and you get to work every single day just quietly in the privacy of your own home and you make good money doing it. Who would know? Unless you were part of some kind of a telephone survey or some, or listed yourself, some what also helps a little bit anyway, a, a, a little bit, is when they take a look at tax information too. That helps some. But it still does not give the full picture. So, no, the unemployment numbers are really false, first off, what the Biden administration is reporting, what the Obama administration is reporting. And even when we do take a look at all numbers, including the U6 index, we don't get the whole picture. So, yeah, whatever you hear politicians claiming, and many in the news media that support that politician, I'd say don't just take it with a grain of salt. Use a whole bag. 816, Wake Up Wyoming. This Wyoming is on air, online, and on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. Twenty-one to time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Now, if you want to get back to what the president said last night, that would be just fine. But I'm heading off onto some other topics. Triple eight ninety-seven Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety-seven W O O D S. And those people that you hear me answering, real quick, just so you know, if you haven't done this before, your Wake Up Wyoming app. Download it at your app store. Free. Wake Up Wyoming. There you go. When it loads up, you'll see a toolbar right up the middle of the app, and on the left side, on demand. Touch that, you get old shows and the funny bits we play on the air. The call-in button is to call the show. And then the next button over is the chat button. And so there's Grandpa Rich in Thermopolis. Michelle is in Greeley. Shane is in KC. Redbeard in Guernsey. Tony in Cheyenne. Iety John in Granite Canyon. Tristan is in Casper. Chet is in Yoder. Jim is in Laramie. DJ is in Gillette. Al is in Hillsboro, New Jersey. My sister listens in Lake Wells, Florida. Rianne is in Fort Danger. Just to name a few, there's a long list of people who the whole time I'm on the air, they're just texting me, sending me pictures and links and notes, razzing me, and I answer back. Okay, so Wyoming House and Senate. Wyoming Senate kills $5 million border wall funding ahead of debate. 
That's one of several things that they wanted to kill, but that, uh, and I'll get to some of the others, but that was one. There's some states on the southern border that want to finish building that wall, and there's some other states, like here in Wyoming, some people support that idea. They support the idea because, well, that affects us directly, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. If we have all of this coming across the border and moving up north, I think the only thing really that helps us out more than anything else is, well, it gets cold here and windy. And so I think when it gets into our wintertime season, there's a lot of people who would like to illegally migrate up into the United States that would look at the state of Wyoming because of work opportunities here. And then that weather hits, damn, and they just leave. Here's some of the other things that died, according to our man in Cheyenne, Doug Randall. Proposals on Medicaid, electric cars, border funding, all will die in the legislature. Doug writes, bills to expand Medicaid program, uh, send Wyoming money to help pay for a border wall, and resolution calling for phasing out electric cars by 2035 are all dead. Now, the phasing out of electric cars, the gentleman who came up with that idea for the bill was never serious about it. It was not a law. It was a resolution, meaning it has no teeth to it whatsoever. It's just the state of Wyoming making a statement. Because California, for example, and there's a couple of other states out there, actually have passed laws to say, beyond this date, you can no longer sell electric cars. I'm sorry, I said that backwards. You can no longer sell new internal combustion engines. That's what I meant. You can only do electric cars beyond this date. And I think it was like 2036 for California. So the resolution was supposed to be, yeah, well, Wyoming's going to phase out electric cars. How about that? It's never supposed to have any teeth in it. Anyway, all of that died. The Medicaid expansion, thank God that died. We went through that. There is a type of expansion for Medicaid that has to do with help for moms, or expected moms, I should say, for when women have had a baby and they've gone through Medicaid, it sort of extends the time of that care. But as far as actual Medicaid expansion in the state of Wyoming, we talked about this before, that just died again, not just in the Senate, but in the House. The Speaker of the House, it's his privilege to pick what gets onto the floor for debate. And there's limited time. So most bills will die before they ever get to a committee. Bills that get into committee, because there's limited time, we only allow our legislative body to meet for about a month, roughly. And so many bills will die because they never get a chance to get heard in committee. They ran out of time. That's good for us, by the way. The fewer bills that politicians can get in, the better we are. It drives me crazy when Congress is done for a session and I listen to people on television, commentators, news anchors and reporters. Well, your Congress didn't pass many laws. Good. The fewer, the better. Then there's only limited time here in the state of Wyoming for debate on the floor of the House and Senate. With that limited time, the Speaker of the House and the President of the Senate, well, they'll take a look at what's in front, what made it through committee. And they'll take a look at the clock and go, well, I got to prioritize here. And prioritizing is at their discretion and pleasure.
So if they take a look at a bill and decide, I don't like that one, for whatever reason they don't like it. I don't like the smell of the person who sponsored the bill. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Then they can just go ahead and stick it in their desk drawer and leave it there, and it's not heard. Now, for people who are upset at that idea, well, the bill should be heard. Well, then make sure that you elect different people and get a different speaker or president because it's at their discretion. That's part of the rules, right? So that's where Medicaid expansion died for those reasons. Let's see. There was also... Um, joint, joint resolution four calling for phasing out of electric cars. Okay, again, that was dead. And dying Monday, Senate file 166, defeated by an 18 to 12 margin. That would have called for Wyoming to send $5 million to the border with Mexico to help build that wall. Texas, Florida, Arizona are all supporters of this. So Texas, Florida, and Arizona, and there might be a few other states that have gotten together to try to go ahead and, well, spend state money, essentially, to finish building a border wall that right now is mostly unfinished. If under the Biden administration, the federal government's not going to spend the money on a border wall, then these states have decided to do it themselves. But individually, they don't have enough money. So there are some conservative states out there that we're considering helping out. So here in the state of Wyoming, one of them. Oh, Convention of the States. For those people who are interested in Wyoming being part of the Convention of States to see if we can get together as states and amend our Constitution and limit the size of government, that has moved through the Senate. They passed it. This is the farthest this thing has ever gotten. And now it's in front of the Wyoming House of Representatives. It'll be heard there. We'll see. I have an article for you on that on the Wake Up Wyoming site this morning. So you can get all the details. And and watch a video from the people who are pushing nationally the Convention of States. They discuss Wyoming in their video. So that's all on the Wake Up Wyoming website this morning. All right, coming up on some local news for you right after that. Up date on your weather forecast. Nice long segment of open phones. Wake up Wyoming. Sixth of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Wednesday. It's over the hump we go. All right, triple eight ninety seven was the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. So, a conservative think tank sends Wyoming teachers' textbook challenging the whole climate crisis narrative. Oh, good. Look, um, back when Al Gore came out with that inconvenient lie, is it truth? Lie? It, well, I think lie video and it was shown in classrooms all over the place and i thought okay fine but there were documentaries that were put out really good ones right after al gore's inconvenient truth they that totally debunked him and they were done by climatologists people who are in the field not by al gore who was talking about the field but people who are in that field and they weren't shown in school 
in most schools, only one narrative is pushed. So why not bring the other? Why not have an actual equal fair discussion about this? All right. Well, from Cowboy State Daily, the Heartland Institute, a conservative libertarian think tank, began sending out copies of a new textbook on climate change issues this week to teachers across the country, including Wyoming. The textbook attempts to show that the science on extreme weather and other impacts of global warming is far more nuanced than students are taught. Quote, climate at a glance for teachers and for students. Facts on 30 prominent climate change topics, said Anthony Watts, senior fellow of the Heartland Institute, and one of the authors he's designed to be... Uh, he wants it to be integrated into lesson plans. So what he's not, he's not saying, well, don't teach the cult of climate change point of view. That's what I call it. Instead, what he's saying is, bring this in as well. You want to teach the other side of it? Go ahead. But also bring this in. And then let's have a discussion about this. Here's a quote. Climate at a glass for teachers and students. Among the Wyoming schools that receive the copies are Larry High School, Central High, and South High in Cheyenne, Jackson Hole Middle School, and Natrona County High School in Casper. So, next, the textbook is raising alarms among those who want children to be taught that the planet is becoming uninhabitable as a result of human-caused climate change, and that anyone who questions that per, uh, proposition is denying that climate change is happening at all, says the people who are opposed to the textbook. Well, hold on. See, there's something wrong in that statement right there. You talk to me about something like this. I never said that climate change wasn't happening. I'm discussing with you the cause, and it isn't humans. And we can certainly have that debate. And that's the point of this, is the call. I never said it wasn't happening. The Grist, a nonprofit media organization focused on climate change, reported on the textbooks in the article titled, Climate Denial Campaign Goes Retro with New Textbook. The story quotes experts in education arguing the textbook is propaganda and deny the validity of uh, climate science. Well, okay, uh, to the grist people, I would say that what you guys have been pushing is propaganda. And I can show you why I often do on this program, talk about why. So the grist article didn't find any actual inaccuracies or unscientific sources, but rather complained the textbook doesn't point out more frightening information, for example, Climate at a glance correctly states sea levels have been increasing for centuries. The Grist article doesn't dispute that, but states that the rate is more than double that than well, what's actually happening. A graph in the section of rising sea level clearly shows this. The article claims the Institute received hundreds of thousands of dollars from uh, libertarian billionaires, the Koch family, for example, according to the Heartland website. Well, that's okay. Who do you guys get money from? on your side with the cult of climate change besides government people but you have your own billionaire donors too right so to say well look at who they're getting donate look at who you're getting donations from among the sources in the heartland textbook cites the u.n international panel on climate change which is a consortium of the world's uh, climate scientists not all of them, though, not even a majority. The panel reports are considered a prime source for research 
in the impacts of extreme weather. Climate at a glance presents the IPCC research into its topics like flooding. The textbook explains that the IPCC concludes in its own research reports that there's low confidence that climate change is impacting flooding, which links to the relevant section. So in other words, what this book actually does is cites IPCC, United Nations data in their own book that says human beings are not causing catastrophic climate change. In its latest work, the group report, for example, says the IPCC writes that, in summary, there is low confidence in the human influence on the change of high river flows on a global scale. Quote, in general, there's low confidence in attributing changes in uh, probability or magnitude of flood events to human influence because of a limited number of studies. Differences in the results of these studies and large modeling uncertainties. The textbook also draws heavily on data from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, peer-reviewed studies. So in other words, they're not just making this stuff up, they went to the data to look this stuff up. Now, James Taylor, not the singer, president of the Heartland Institute, told Cowboy State Daily and Watts, made sure that every fact presented in the textbook was backed up by objective authoritative data. Quote, each topic is concise enough while still having an attributed to, uh, well, this precise and they cite it and they show it basically to be in a single daily lesson. And in that way, if it's just perfectly into any educational model, he said the feedback they received from teachers who were sent copies of the book has been mostly positive. They did receive some hate mail, he said people calling it science fiction and berating them and so on. Um, okay, so it's been offered here to the state of Wyoming, among other you know, schools around the nation, but several Wyoming school districts, maybe yours, have received this. Taylor said the book is designed to help kids understand that, contrary to what they're being told, the bulk of scientific research into climate change does not conclude that kids should assume they have no future. Polls consistently show that children are experiencing serious emotional problems as a result of what they're being taught about climate change. A global survey in 2021, Bath University, found 60% of young people said that they're worried about extreme climate change. More than 45% said their feelings about climate change affected their daily lives. Of those surveys, 75% said the future is frightening. Yeah, And yet somebody else called this book being sent to your school's propaganda sounds like propaganda to me it's the end is not which is why i call it the cult of climate change so whether or not the story says wyoming teachers who receive the book will incorporate it into the classroom we don't know while there are state standards for all school districts to follow individual districts have a lot of room for their own curricula okay so other topics in climate at a glance are drought, hurricanes, tornadoes, trends, cold snaps, things like that. I'd like to get a hold of the book myself and go ahead and take a look at it. It'd be kind of interesting to see exactly what's in it. Well, again, why not? The teachers just wheeled in Inconvenient Truth by Al Gore and just showed it as if it was fact. So why not hear the other side of the story? Again, the authors of this book didn't say, don't tell the other side. They said, tell that side and tell our side, too.
845 Wake Up Wyoming. Sometimes the best way chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. is the time off. We go to the icebox. Frank Gambino's waiting by. Okay, we got the whole Valentine's Day thing to deal it's with. It's coming, yeah. Yes. It's, well, some people have Tuesday. to deal with it. Yeah, we don't well, have to deal with it. You know, uh, send the Valentine to somebody. Uh, somebody, anyway. Yeah. Somebody. I, about just a random. No, I don't want to send it to a random person. I might get somebody in trouble. No, I mean send it to somebody uh, yeah. you know. Okay. Say, hey, oh, you know, yeah, I'm thinking about you. you know? okay. Well, now we, someone did put up a post today. Let's see who this was in our group over here. Uh, Patricia Peterson. Unless she's directly with our in our building here but anyway yeah so if you uh, broke up with someone what kind of valentine's do you send them now i would say just forget about it i would right? send a sympathy card yeah oh that would be good yeah i'm sorry that you don't have me anymore yeah sympathy. i say yeah. your fault uh send a potato with a revenge message okay you can name a cockroach after your ex and watch it get eaten on tv Right. The Bronx Zoo has that. Oh, oh, do they really? Yes, they do, yeah. They send the cockroaches <laughs> to people. Okay. And, and they have names. And, uh-huh, and you can yeah. name them. You know. Yep. Okay. Send them dead flowers right. at payback.com. <laughs> <laughs> you can actually send someone dead flowers. That's pretty good. Uh, let me see. Uh, send them the number two special old classic at poopsenders.com. Basically, it's, uh, it, it's like a chocolate uh, muffin with icing on top. Right. Yeah. But, it's, oh, it, but it has a certain design to it. Yeah. Maybe a certain aroma to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, you can name litter boxes after your ex at certain animal shelters, says Miss Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Send them uh, a glitter bomb, basically. Yeah, okay. I've seen, yeah, I've seen yeah. those, yeah. Mail them a brick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, there's one here. It looks like a baseball that went through their car window, but it's fake. Oh. Or a tennis ball. Yeah, okay. Gotcha, okay. How about a scented candle that smells like farts? Okay, that'll yeah, work. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, or send them my last nerve is on fire candle. That's pretty good. Okay. A plastic Nicolas Cage banana. It's a banana with Nicolas Cage sticking out of the top when you peel it. I don't know what that's supposed to be. Oh, boy. Love stinks balloon. Yeah. And, okay. And let me see. Then there's, oh, oh there's this uh, stinky spray which smells like gas, basically. Yeah. You can go ahead and send that. I like the dead flowers one. That works for me. Yeah, that, that, that'll work for multiple occasions. Men's college basketball tonight, though. I mean, Cowboys hosting Nevada Las Vegas at the AA in Laramie. It's been a rough, rough, rough season for the Cowboys, sitting at 2-8 and eight in Mountain West Conference play, 7-15 and 15 overall. And the injuries just keep piling up. This time it's Noah Reynolds, the team's leading scorer. He will miss the rest of the season after suffering a concussion in Saturday night's loss to San Jose State. This was Reynolds' third head injury in the last six months, so enough is enough. Reynolds has been averaging 15 points a game. So, UW will play the hand that is dealt to them and UNLV comes into tonight's game with a record of 15-8 and eight overall and 4-7 and seven in league play. That's an 8-30 start tonight. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. The Wyoming Cowgirls have a home game tomorrow in Laramie hosting Utah State. Cowgirls are coming off a tough three-point loss to Colorado State over the weekend, so they sit at 15-8 and eight overall, 8-4 and four Mountain West Conference play. That's a 6-30 start tomorrow. 
Junior College Basketball, the Casper College teams in Cheyenne tonight to take on L Triple C at the Story Gym. The Casper College women uh, moved up to number 17 in the national poll. They're 21 and 3 on the year. The L Triple C women lost to Western Nebraska on Monday, so they're 16 and 7. Casper men are 18 and 5, and the L Triple C men are 13 and 8 after beating Western Nebraska on Monday. That's a 5:30 and 7:30 start tonight at the Story Gym. And girls high school basketball from last night. Cody is 14 and 0 after a 63-36 win over Natrona. The Burns girls. Nip Lingo Fort Laramie 39-37 on the boys' side. Cody over in the Toronto 65-50 and Lingo be burned 60-51. High school wrestling from last night. Kelly Walsh over Laramie in a duel 51-30. The Trojans will meet in the Tron in the annual Miller Cup tomorrow night. Cheyenne Central beat Cheyenne South last night 54-21. Central will beat Cheyenne East in a duel tomorrow. In girls' indoor track from over the weekend, Sydney Morell of Cheyenne Central won the 400 and 1600 meter runs. Talia Morris of Cheyenne East to place first in the 55 meter dash. The Toronto's Ella Spear captured the 200 and Cheyenne Central's Brinkley Lewis won the pole vault. Coming up on Sunday at Super Bowl 57 as Kansas City will take on Philadelphia in Arizona. The game marks the first time two brothers will face each other on the field. Travis Kelsey is a big-time tight end for Kansas City. His brother Jason is an offensive lineman for the Eagles. The Harbaugh brothers, John and Jim, met as head coaches in Super Bowl 47 as Baltimore beat San Francisco 34-31. So I'm betting that all of the Super Bowl pregame shows have already started. Oh, well, they, yeah. they, they started on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. they, they, they go on all yeah. week. I'm like, I don't know how uh, much more you yes. can say. No, Well, there's the problem that I have in that. How much more can you actually say about this leading up to the game and then after the game? I oh, mean, it's, it's never-ending, Glenn. I, never-ending. So I think these guys just kind of make up stuff to fill airtime. Well, yeah. when Like I do four hours a day. Yeah, and, then, okay. and they're like, all right, come on, let's get to the... Where's yeah, the beef? Right. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local, update on the weather forecast. Open phones, wake up Wyoming. Did you know you can... Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Wednesday, so over the hump we go. We talked quite a bit about the State of the Union earlier. If you missed something or want to comment on it, now's a good time to do because we can certainly bring that up again. I'm happy to do that. It's open phones. So 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. If you missed the opening monologue on that, which was at 6 a.m., this show becomes a podcast after I get off the air. Touch your Wake Up Wyoming app. It opens up in the middle across the app. You see that gray toolbar. Left-hand side, touch on demand. After I get off the air, shortly after, you'll see today's episode. Just go ahead, touch today's episode, and listen when you want. We condense it so it doesn't have news and some other commercials and so on. So it gets right to the point of the program. And you can pause it and rewind it and share it and all that good stuff. Okay, so triple eight ninety seven Woods is the phone number. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. 
No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Just a side note, uh, thanks to Taco John's, which, by the way, I've been over at their main headquarters, which is in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Nice building, but not as big as you would think it would be. Nice building, nice people there. Got a chance to talk to the current management president and so on taco john's a while ago about the history of how that place came around they just stopped by the studio here so here's one the new nacho beef crunch burrito yeah nacho crunch burrito made with seasoned american beef crunchy chips nacho chips in there creamy nacho cheese mild sauce wrapped together warm tortilla so there's that right the other one so i got two here it's the nacho crunch chicken burrito that's pretty good, too. Then, of course, they had to toss in there the potato olays. you got to have those. So thanks to Jocko John for stopping by all of those. That's that's good stuff. I mean, I'm, I've been eating this for like a, I guess I would call this brunch when you consider my schedule right now. So there, you just uh, spoiled my lunch. Yeah, thank you very much. No, I don't need it anymore. I'm all full on this. All right. Uh, question that I got from Bookham Dano in Douglas. I like the name he's going by. Some people, when they send me a note, use their real name. Some people come up with like a handle, like the old CB radio day. Bookham Dano is asking me, so while you're talking about new legislation, is there a new law allowing these slot machines that are showing up all over the place? I know they're calling it all-track betting, but uh, it really looks like a, a lot like a, shot, a slot machine. I always thought that type of gambling in Wyoming was legal. And the answer to that is... A couple of years ago, they did pass legislation to get that pass for that kind of off-track betting. Yes, it looks just like a slot machine. Now, it's always interesting to me how they get around various laws and so on. This doesn't work like your traditional slot machine. This does something completely different, which makes it much more random and the odds of a player winning get better with something like this but what it is there the machine is looking at for example horse racing that's happening all over the world and it monitors horse races and depending on which horses win what race is what's going to come up on your machine yeah it's a little complex i know but see the problem with a lot of slot machines is a lot of slot machines were sort of rigged for a certain number of wins and the odds of you getting a win was slim, so you wasted most of your money. Very few people ever won. In this case, your odds are a little bit better. But that kind of an off-track betting thing came around a while ago in the state of Wyoming. And they call those skill games in some case. Let's not forget the skill games. The skill games are games which you play a game, and if you're good at it, you can win. It's not a complete chance game. It's a skill game. That's what you're seeing there as well. And that can also look a lot like either a video game or it can look a lot like a slot machine sometimes. But it relies on the skill of the player. The better the person gets at playing the game, the more they can win. So that's not like just random betting either. So that's what the state of Wyoming is going for, those kinds of games. And that's, that 
passed a couple of years ago, and so those places are popping up all over Wyoming. Ace and Casper, fear is the greatest sales tool ever created. So you're talking about the cult of climate change thing. For those who don't know, the last story that I had for you is there's a book that's been in, it's been sent to schools all over America, including here in Wyoming, that has the alternate view for climate change using actual science and data and quotes from scientists and charts and graphs, all of which are real, and gives an alternate perspective showing that climate change is not man-made and we're not involved in some climate crisis. So that was sent to schools with the hopes that teachers would, if you want to teach one perspective, fine, teach this perspective as well. So Ace and Casper says, fear is the greatest sales tool ever created. If I instill fear of illness in you, I will sell you insurance. If I still fear about your vehicle, well, it will cost a lot of money soon, so I will sell you an expensive warranty. If you instill fear of global warming, I will sell you all kinds of green energy products. Well, that's true. On that note, I gotta play this again. I gotta go back and play this again. On that note, I played some audio a couple of times earlier this morning. This is a gentleman who bought a Humvee, but not the gas-powered Humvee. They use a lot of gas, by the way. No, he just bought an electric Humvee, all electric vehicle, all battery operated. And then he went to recharge it. He and his wife are at a charging station. And their experience charging the all electric Humvee was not what they expected. Just increased our range to 98 miles after waiting around for 45 minutes. But the real question, how much did it cost? I am actually in shock right now. We just sat here for 41 minutes. It cost me $19.80 and we added an additional 64 miles for $20. It is more expensive to charge an EV. Plus, we had to sit here for 41 minutes. It's a scam. The whole thing is a scam. So, as I've said before, not clean, not green, not sustainable, not reliable, not affordable, and not going to save you money when you recharge it or refuel it, if you will. Right. And more and more people are starting to find it. I past couple of weeks, I've given you stories, not just out of the United States, but out of Europe as well, as people are charging their vehicles and going, wait a minute, as they add it up, how is this more expensive than filling up my car with gasoline? Because they were told it was going to be a great savings. So you're right, Ace. If you scare people with the whole cult of climate change thing, then you get to sell them climate change products. But also you get to sell them on the idea that only government can save you. Only government can save you. Government is going to change the weather for you. You will never have to suffer through another bad weather day because government will. Now, this is, here's what's going to cost you. So, you know, it's going to cost you. A lot more in taxes, a lot more. Your liberties, your freedoms, these people are going to need control over you. So you're going to have to give up a lot of your personal freedoms, your ability to make your own decisions on how you want to live. And most of the money that you create, most of the wealth you create and the money that you have, they're going to need that too. Then they will get to work saving the planet. And you will never have a bad weather day ever again. 915, wake up Wyoming. Talk 
This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. One's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name's Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Well, of course, just as I'm finishing off the Taco John's that I was sent, buy Taco John's for free, Larry has to call about horse meat, which I don't think is in this, but it would taste really good if it was. Hi, Larry. Hello, Glenn. Good morning. Morning. Yes, we're going to take a left turn in Albuquerque. Uh, because I'm in and out of my car, we had a discussion about horse meat on the show a little bit back. Yeah. And my question is that have you ever had it? And does it taste like chicken like <laughs> everything else in the Matrix? <laughs> yeah, uh, that I like the Matrix reference there. That was good. From people that have eaten it, they tell me it does have sort of a unique flavor. Uh, I don't, but if it did taste like chicken, then we would know that we were living in the Matrix. Mountain oysters, but oysters I tried once and I felt like I was swallowing snot, so I never ate an oyster again. Yeah, well, the ones that I had uh, when I was a teenager, uh, my dad's friend cooked them in beer batter. Okay. So, I guess a little bit better flavor, but not something I would recommend. No, no. Beer battered snot, in other words, is basically what you were talking about. Yeah. Exactly. I'm always willing to try it once, and if it sucks once, I'll never try it again. Yeah. See, I couldn't be that guy that uh, tries those weird things on the Discovery Channel or something like that. Right. Oh, no. Absolutely not. And Rocky Mountain oysters? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, Larry, thanks for calling in. Triple eight ninety seven woods the phone. There are some things I just won't eat because, I'm sorry, they're what? And whenever someone pushes something in front of me, try this. The, the first thing I do, what exactly is that? And, yeah, there are some things I'm not going to eat just because of what it is. It might taste delicious. It might be good for me. But it's a what? I'm not eating that. I don't, I'm not eating a what. No, won't do it. All right, so... I don't mind the idea of horse meat. I would try that, though. I-80 John, Granite Canyon. Glenn, the Hummer electric vehicle weighs about 3,000 pounds more than a regular Hummer. Yeah. Oh, and that reminds me, John. Uh, remember a while ago I gave you guys the story. There was a, there a couple of guys who do, in Colorado, they do evaluations of vehicles. And they took just a, a truck, a, a pickup truck, right, and a good size one. And then they took an equal, the same model of pickup truck, but all electric. From the same company, it's the same truck, just one has a internal combustion engine and the other had an electric engine. And they hooked up to these trucks, campers, and drove south past Denver down toward southern part of Colorado. And they found that the electric vehicle, because it was pulling something ran out of charge faster. When you put a load on that, it runs out of charge faster. And that's been found with a lot of electric vehicle models. The, the moment you start to put a load on, that includes turning on your heater in the wintertime. They'll start to drain really fast. So if an electric Humvee weighs, like John is saying, about 3,000 pounds more than a regular 
Humvee, because electric vehicles are always... But just in general, a Hummer is a big, heavy vehicle. So if you have a small electric car, now let's go electric Humvee. Hmm? Yeah, you're putting a heavy load on this. They're not going to travel as far. If you don't mind, or even if you do, because it's my show, I want to play this again. Here's what we're talking about. This is a couple. They bought an electric Humvee. And they went to charge it, and it surprised them. Just increased our range to 98 miles after waiting around for 45 minutes. But the real question, how much did it cost? I am actually in shock right now. We just sat here for 41 minutes. It cost me $19.80, and we added an additional 64 miles for $20. It is more expensive to charge an EV, plus we had to sit here for 41 minutes. It's a scam. The whole thing is a scam. And I just thought of something, also based on what John was saying, but think about this for a minute. Okay, so these vehicles, these electric vehicles, weigh a lot more than an average car. Now, a little while ago, I told you guys, if you want to buy an electric vehicle, understand you are putting more weight on the road. Well, first of all, when the thing is built, they have to use a lot of petroleum products. Take a look at what goes into an electric vehicle, not just the engine, but the rest of the vehicle. They use a lot of petroleum products in making these vehicles, a lot. So you're not getting away from petroleum or a carbon footprint if that's your goal. It's heavy into that, all right? But then you're putting more weight on the road, a lot more, as John just pulled out, uh, pointed out. An electric Hummer is about 3,000 pounds more than a regular Hummer. Any electric vehicle is far heavier than a regular internal combustion engine vehicle. Which brings me back to my point that I've been making all along on these things. Think about the damage you're doing to the road. Okay, These are unintended consequences. The road that you drive on, we have to use a lot of petroleum products in the material that makes the road. Not just in laying out the road with all of those big tractors and trucks and so on, but in the road itself, that's a lot of petroleum product. You're not going to make today's roads without it. So, again, you can't leave oil in the ground. You need it just to make the road. Now, if every vehicle out there weighs a hell of a lot more than today's current vehicles, we're doing a lot more damage to the road, aren't we? Yeah, that means a lot more repairs on the roads, which is why I've been saying for many years, if you're concerned with your environmental footprint, forget carbon footprint, that's nonsense. You're concerned with your environmental footprint. Then what you want to do is just buy a small car, okay, and drive it until the wheels fall off. And I say that because that way you're not replacing it with a new vehicle every so often. Buy a used or a, even a new, but small car, little four-cylinder thing, and drive it until it won't drive anymore. Now, you've actually done a lot to reduce your impact on the planet. If you want a massive in negative impact, uh, impact on the planet, then you want to get an electric vehicle. And it's, even, it's not just the vehicle itself and the construction of it and the use of it. And there's no such thing as zero emissions. That doesn't exist. But think of the extra damage all of these electric vehicles are going to do with all of that extra weight on the road. That means a lot more repairs, which is a bigger carbon footprint. When you start adding all of this up, none of this actually makes sense. 
All right, coming up on 9.30, uh, look at local news, weather forecast right after that. Then you and I get back into another segment of Open Phones, 888-97, what's the phone number? You can change the subject like Larry did. That's fine with me. It's Wake Up Wyoming. K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. Nine thirty-six at the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Well, Whisper from Platte Rapids, Wyoming. The Ultimate Tome or Book on Climate Change is a book by Jabber Vino titled Climate of Past, Present, and Future. Second edition. I just sent him a fact. Let me go ahead and look it up again. It's kind of hard to find on YouTube because they de-emphasize it. But right after Al Gore came out with his Inconvenient Truth came a documentary which directly went after Al Gore. And it uses actual climatologists. Okay, So it's worth listening to, watching. The documentary is called, and you can find it on YouTube still, The Great Global Warming Swindle. The Great Global Warming Swindle. Now, of course, when YouTube, when you click on YouTube to watch this, they have a disclaimer. Climate change, United Nations climate change refers to long-term shifts in term shifts in temperature and weather patterns, mainly caused by human activities, especially the burning of fossil fuels. Yeah, uh, and that's what the, um, the, the documentary shows that that's not true. But... These days, you have to get, you know, YouTube puts that underneath as a disclaimer, as if what they're saying is true, but at least they didn't take it down. There's a lot of other people that YouTube have taken down over the years that they shouldn't have taken down. But, all right. One more thing on this, if I get a chance to get to it, but Cody is in Carpenter on CO2 Capture. Morning, Cody. Good morning. Hey, Glenn, I didn't, I, you know, I'm kind of in and out, so I don't know, maybe you've talked about it, but are you aware of the, the CO2 injection wells and whole thing going on down here in Laramie County? Yes. And also up yeah, in okay. Campbell County, too. Yeah. Campbell County, too. Yeah. Well, the one here in Laramie County, Eastern, especially around Carpenter, is progressing. They're doing a, a monitoring well now. As soon as they get that done, they'll be, they will be uh, applying for their class six permits to actually mm -hmm. start injecting it. Uh, you know, what a waste! Grass energy. What, yeah. What's that? What a waste of a lot of things: time, money, resources for something that we don't need to be doing. Oh, well, I don't disagree. Yeah. The basis of it's so dumb. I mean, well, I've talked to a few million, legislators. Million In fact, I've talked to a few legislators, including at one time a speaker of the House of Wyoming a few years ago. Do you believe in this that we need to do this? And he said, No, it's it's junk science. We don't need to do this. So why are we doing it? Well, you know, if we want to sell our products like coal, then we're going to have to do something. So you're trying to appease them. How's that working for you? Obviously, appeasement <laughs> doesn't work. So stop it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree, and that's what I, I don't know. If a lot of people in Wyoming really understand how much the state has has spent on this. University of yeah. Wyoming's involved, and they developed these five different injection basins. Mm -hmm. You know, the tall grasses deal. You know, there's two main pipelines that go east out of Wyoming. Well, the one's called the Trailblazer, and the other one's called the Rockies Express. Right, and they're big. You know, like 36 and 42 inch lines. But the one of them, they uh, they they moved all of their natural gas 
sails onto the Rockies Express, and then the trailblazer, they turned into a return line. So they're going to start pulling CO2 back from these power plants and, uh, uh, you know, ethanol factories and things like that in eastern Nebraska, you know, and so it'll come right to Carpenter, and then there's a pretty short pipeline, and they'll start shoving in the ground. Okay. But Again, uh... and, and the, the idea is, is that they're going to be able to further their, or continue the natural gas business, you know, because they're getting pressure on these, on these plants to you know, to, to be more you know, green, you know, environmentally yeah. friendly or whatever else. So if they have the option to be able to, to you know, get right. rid of that carbon back, then that will allow uh, us to continue to be in the natural right. gas. Right, but now again, but. they say that, but when you listen to the people on the other side of the argument, they say, keep it all in the ground. Their goal is to put us out of business with natural gas, coal, and oil, to keep it all in the ground so we never touch it. So trying to appease them by capturing it and shoving it underground isn't doing us any good whatsoever. Their goal is to shut us down. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. Yeah. The, th the thing is, they say that, though, but they know darn well when you get yeah. down to it that there's no way that they're going to operate without the fossil fuels. I mean, right. I mean, you corn. Yeah. Well, and, and, and what you just said there bird. is something that I'm going to touch on this real quick, but I'll go into it a little bit more. I've been saying this for a while. You said fossil fuels, right? Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. we buy into their narrative all too often. Yeah. It's organic fuels I'll go with, though, right? Yeah. All yeah, right. Thanks. I'm going to build on it. Thanks for calling me. I appreciate it. I'll get into this tomorrow because I'm running out of time right now. An article... Headline, Republicans must stop accepting the premise of carbon climate fascism. And it talks about what I've been talking about over the years, that CO2 is a pollutant. No, it's not. That we need to capture and sequester CO2 to save the planet. Nonsense. No, we don't. Quit calling it fossil fuels. Okay, You don't get, you don't get any kind of a fuel from a fossil. This is organic material. There is a difference. There's a process of fossilization that makes fossils. And then there's the process that makes the fuels we're using, which is coalification and so on. So to get coal, gas, and oil. And that has nothing to do with the process of fossilization. So there's nothing like a fossil fuel out there. But we, we buy into a lot of the premise. I hear Republicans and uh, different types of conservatives and libertarians and so on say all the time, you know, we got to do something for a low-carbon footprint. You know, They buy into the premise, even though when they say that, they know it's wrong, but they say it anyway because they're trying to appease and play along. And that's got to come to an end. 942 Wake Up Wyoming. Radio, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. up on 948 off to the icebox we go where frank gambino is waiting by uh, so frank i've told you before every once in a while somebody does something really cool whether they meant to or not and that gives them bragging rights right oh but but say they do it by accident yeah well they still have bragging rights they'll still act like hey bragging rights oh, no 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 no. Yeah. You, you didn't think of this was an original idea you just kind of uh, got lucky yeah sure but they'll still brag about it okay guess what i did and then the lucky. problem is every time you're around that person, and every holiday, and on and on it goes. They're, they end up being an old man going, yeah, hey, about the top. Yes, you told us about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so here is a uh, meme someone put up. And so it goes 
back to uh, Maverick and the whole Top Gun thing, the original movie. Yeah. And here's Maverick talking to Goose. And Goose is going, oh, God, not the balloon story again. (laughs) 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 Which made me think. The F-22 pilot that shot down the balloon. Oh, he may ne- he may never have to buy a beer for the rest of his oh, life. Oh, no, of course not. Now, I still want, I bet you, we find his Raptor, he's going to have on the side of the Raptor a balloon. Uh, a balloon, yeah. And everyone knows, oh, you did yeah. that? Cool. But for the rest of his life, though, he's going to be telling the story about how he shot down a Chinese balloon. Yeah. He's going to be an old man with some nurse leaning over to spoon feed him, feed him his porridge. Aaron, hey, about the time. Yes, you told me about yeah, the time yeah, you yeah, shot yeah, down the you, you got it, and great <sighs> shot. Yeah, you know, exactly. okay, yeah. If the guy is married, is that grounds for divorce? No. And now she just keeps talking you, you, about him. No, 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 no. Okay. You're, you're, you're a hero. You know, the older <laughs> he gets. to put up with that. <laughs> the, the older it gets, the more he talks about it. Well, yeah. And, and, and the story changes. Yes. Oh, yeah. It has to evolve and get bigger all the time, right? You know, and I, I shot it with my eyes closed. Yeah, right, you know, yeah. it, was a, it was a one-time deal, and I got yeah. them, you know. And, yeah. yeah. Um, now, my deal is there are stories that I, I, I call them fish tales because the fish is always bigger and there's always more in the boat. Yeah. <laughs> and I, <laughs> That's the, true. the difference is I take pride in it, and I tell people this is greatly exaggerated from the original story. And every time I tell the story, it's going to get bigger and more Big, bizarre. Yeah. So they know in advance that I've taken a true story and I'm exaggerating it to the point to just beyond ridiculous. But isn't that the fun of it? What, what else can the guy do for an encore? I don't know. There is. What, what are the odds that he would ever be able to top something like this? And that's the worst part of it, too. Yeah. What if you've done something where you've peaked? Shooting down a second balloon? Uh, no, that's no, that's not. It's not as good anymore. Now you got to try something different to, oh. to top that. How do you top that? Oh, I don't know. That is a once, not just in a lifetime, but how many generations will go by before someone shoots down another balloon? As I told you yesterday, the pilot from World War One that was sighted was shooting down all of those German balloons. So from World War One until today, we've had no. It'll balloons? be about that long. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll be waiting. Men's college basketball tonight. The Wyoming Cowboys at home to take on the UNLV running Rebels of the AA in Laramie. It's been a rough season for the Pokes, needless to say. Sitting at 2-8 and eight in Mountain West play, 7-15 overall. The injuries just keep piling up. This is crazy. This time it's Noah Reynolds, the team's leading scorer at this point, who will miss the rest of the season after suffering a concussion on Saturday night's loss to San Jose State. It was Reynolds' third head injury in the last six months, so enough is enough, and he'd been averaging 15 points a game. So with all these injuries and the losses piling up, you think like, who is Wyoming going to beat from here on out? Because they may not have anybody left. Now, UNLV comes into the game with a record of 15-8 overall, 4-7 and seven in league play. That's an 8-30 start tonight. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KOWB in Laramie. Wyoming Cowgirls with a home game tomorrow in Laramie, hosting the Aggies of Utah State. Cowgirls are coming off a tough three-point loss to Colorado State over the weekend, so they sit at 15-8 and eight overall, 8-4 eight in Mountain West Conference play. That's a 6-30 start tomorrow. Juco basketball, the Casper College teams in Cheyenne tonight to meet LCCC at the Story Gym. The Casper women are 17th in the country in this week's national poll. They're 21 
one and three on the year. The LCCC women lost to Western Nebraska on Monday, so they're sixteen and seven. Casper men are eighteen and five. The LCCC men are thirteen and eight after a win over Western Nebraska on Monday. Five thirty and seven thirty start tonight from the Story Gym and girls high school basketball from last night. Cody is fourteen and zero after a sixty three thirty six win over Toronto. The Burns girls nip Lingle Fort Laramie thirty nine thirty seven. On the boys side from last night, Cody over Natrona sixty five fifty and Lingle over Burns. 60-51. to 51. High school wrestling from last night. Kelly Walsh beat Laramie in a duel 51-30. The Trojans will meet Natrona in their annual Miller Cup tomorrow. Cheyenne Central over Cheyenne South 54-21. Central will meet Cheyenne East in a duel tomorrow. Girls indoor track from over the weekend in Gillette. Sydney Morrell from Cheyenne Central won the 400 and the 1600 meter runs. Talia Morris of Cheyenne East placed first in the 55 meter dash. Natrona's Ella Spear captured the 200 and Cheyenne Central's Brinkley Lewis won the pole vault. Coming up on Sunday it is Super Bowl 57. Kansas City will take on Philadelphia and Arizona. The Eagles are a point and a half favorites in the game, and the game also marks the first time two brothers will face each other on the field. Travis Kelsey is a big-time tight end for Kansas City. His brother Jason is an offensive lineman for the Eagles. The Harbaugh brothers, John and Jim, met as head coaches in the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl 47, as Baltimore beat San Francisco 34-31. That's it in sports. So, Joe and Cheyenne, Never let a white lie get in the way of a good story. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, I mean... That's why if, when you catch a fish and someone's going to take your picture... It, it was this big! Well, when and someone goes to... And all my lines and I redid exactly it again. Exactly right. When someone goes to take a, your picture of you holding the fish, you hold it out at arm's length toward the camera to make it look bigger. Well, well yeah, yeah that, that's a good one. Even or the, just take someone else's fish. I'm uh, sure. Even the fish. Yeah. You don't even have to catch a fish. You can just go buy a fish somewhere yeah, and hold yeah. it up and say, I, I got this. it, baby. But what I would do is tell, by the way, this is a complete lie. Because that, I think, is the amusing part for me. Yeah. I am totally making this up. Check it out. <laughs> That's more like, fun really? than just lying. I told you I was lying. Thank you, Frank. That- coming up on... Is it a lie if I told you I was lying? It's, all right. Coming up on some local business news time after that. Weather forecast. Let's wake up, Wyoming.